Blog Talk Radio. talk about. That's kind of the way it is at the end of the year. Well, that's a specific race coming up, and that's Phoenix, and that's our championship race. There's four guys that have got the ticket to go there. Kyle Larson, Willie, uh, William Byron, uh, Ryan Blaney, and who is the... Oh, Christopher Bell. That's right, Christopher Bell. Not, uh, you know, probably not two of those guys I would not have guessed uh, to be in the championship final four. Uh, midway through the season. Uh, it is quite funny that I booed Ryan Blaney at the October Talladega race and said, this guy just doesn't win enough to be in a top ride, and he takes the win that that, that day. And uh, saving playoff Ryan, the title of the show, of course, comes from Penske, who made that phone call, hypothetically, I guess, speaking without knowledge, knowing that uh, – Brian Blaney did have a penalty rescinded uh, that would have put him completely out of the playoffs. Um, but uh, here we are going into Phoenix where Ryan Blaney last year possibly had the best car there. That's what I'm hearing from everybody else. Is, you know, They all believe that Ryan Blaney ran second to Joey Logano, and I, you know, I think that we stated that ourselves last year. But uh, without further ado, I'd like to bring in my – Co-hosts, Miss Lee Reed, uh, and of course the Tasmanian Devil himself, Mr. Taz Taylor. We got several championships uh, going on this week. Of course, uh, you know the playoff system does not 
equal out with each other throughout the year, but it is settled in Phoenix. So at least NASCAR got that one right. Uh, not necessarily right the right track, but definitely having all three series race for a championship on the same given weekend is definitely easier to uh, entice the fan uh, to sit around the boob tube all weekend. And uh, I think that's what we'll be doing uh, this coming up weekend. Of course, as I said, it is the final race of the season. Um, Sheldon Creed created quite a stir. Uh, I believe you guys might have heard about it. Richard Childress Racing called Creed the stupidest driver that's ever driven for RCR. Did you guys hear that? Yeah, I I I I, I don't get that. John West I feel like Townley was, drove for Richard Childress. <laughs> I feel like that I feel like that was a retaliation on uh Childress when Creed made his post race interview saying, uh, giving heat to Austin Hill and he was saying, Oh, well, I don't have to worry about him next year, he's not my teammate, I'll be over at Gibbs. But was that an announcement official about Creed going over to Joe Gibbs next year? Yes, yeah, it was official. Um, as a matter of fact, oh, I missed that story. Uh, from, uh, from uh, because it just came out, it just came out last week that he was leaving, and and he had literally at a RCR function on Friday, and this comes from I believe Jeff Gluck uh, from Door Bomber Clear that uh, Sheldon had actually stated in an RCR basic press conference or media whatever, um, that uh, he was going to a better race team and was looking forward to it. So, obviously, there were rumbles within the organization, Sheldon Creed, seeing the writing on the wall, Sheldon Creed said they've got their guy, uh, basically insinuating that um, uh, that uh, RCR is a lot more in love with Austin Hill than they ever were with Sheldon Creed. Now, I'll give it to Sheldon Creed. I, I think I was uh, – um, a naysayer for him for quite a while while he was in the truck series. And then all of a sudden one year it just kind of clicked for him. And so um, I'm, uh, I've been a fan of him. He doesn't look the part of a race car driver. Uh, he's not some little skinny, rich kid looking guy. Um, you know, he's got a little bit of character on him. Uh, and he's, uh, you know, he, he's a, obviously a vocal driver, right? Uh, we want some personality from these guys. Um, I've never seen Sheldon Creed go dog shit somebody in a, on a racetrack. Um, I don't think that he dog raced uh, uh, Austin Hill. I think that was two cars battling for the lead. I do believe that if you're the second-place car and that's the first-place car uh, that you've got to get around and that's what you're going to do, then, you know, Creed probably wound up in the situation he round, ended up in because he didn't try to uh, dog race um, Austin Hill, but you know, uh, neither one of the cars went to the playoffs. Which you know, if Richard Childress had chose one team over the other, and both of them are in his stable, uh, then Richard got what he deserved. Um, you know, like we could get into the whole RCR and uh, Richard Childress, and you know how he's probably you know a couple of decades behind and, and needs to retire. But uh, we'll save that for maybe an opening show next year. Um, you guys got anything you want to add to the Creed fiasco? Of course, Chaz Taylor just now finding out that he was uh, already a done deal to Joe Gibbs Racing. Of course, this is a reunion 
uh, for Sheldon Creed to go back to, uh, you know, JGR. He had uh, been a previous driver of Kyle Busch Motorsports in the truck series before leaving to go to RCR. You guys got anything to add to that? I don't. Any, um, any um, not, maybe predictions of where Sheldon Creed, how, how his career is going to come out? I mean, leaving RCR? I, I'll be honest. I wasn't um, – Lee, didn't Sheldon come from the Toyota camp in Arca before he moved into trucks and stuff like that? Yeah, 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 yeah. I believe he was with the Venturinis, right, yes. So, I mean, him going back to Toyota doesn't surprise me any at all. And I mean, he had his success share in ARCA with Toyota and them. Wouldn't be surprised if he finds better success, maybe, with Joe Gibbs than he was with RCR. So, if I'm not mistaken, Creed had a little rough year with uh, when he was in the Kyle Busch Motorsports. Uh, truck series. It was, I think, the, the year that they didn't, you know, they didn't have really the, the the amount of results that I think that they were expecting from their drivers. If I'm not mistaken, maybe with Todd Gillian and Sheldon Creed in a truck together, um, and, and somebody else. I just remember a few years ago, Kyle Busch Motorsports was really off, and they didn't have uh, the star power of the results that we expected from Kyle Busch Motorsports. Uh, but, you know, hey, as I said, Sheldon, I mean, he was there. He was competing for a championship uh, all the way up to the, you know, the half a lap to go. So uh, Creed definitely uh, showed a lot of improvement in that area. And, you know, I'm excited to see, you know, what, what Creed's able to do. I've never been really much of a fan of RC. Um, I, as I said, just a second ago, I think he's kind of old and outdated. And, you know, it, it's – it seems to be every time somebody decides to leave the, fa- the plantation, you know, the old the old master gets uh it gets a little upset there, you know. So uh, you know, I, I'm not I'm not going to further alliterate any more into that, but um, it just yeah, seems like well, uh, you got to remember, you know, he's he's worried more about his pride and joys. Yeah, yeah, right. I mean, he has two grandsons that have been taking up seats for ten years, and they're sub-let race car drivers. So, you know, obviously, you know, RC's got his priorities in order. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I just, I really, I'm not sure if Kyle Busch is going to last very much longer there. Um, you know, based off the early results and then the fade there by Kyle Busch. Kyle Busch was not relevant much at all this year. Uh, he got him a few wins, no doubt, um, more than he got the year before, of course. Uh, but uh, you know the the ring factor was not there. The uh, the boos were not there. You know you got to boo the bow. I think that uh, all of that is going to really you know be a deciding factor on where Kyle Busch goes. Does he go somewhere else? Does he create his own team? I'm not sure, but uh, it just you know I think we're seeing the writings on the wall of what uh, Richard Childress is where his priorities are. And if I'm if I'm a guy like Kyle Busch and knowing that. To my paychecks that's keeping this organization afloat. I just don't know how much longer I would deal with that. Um, other big news, Noah Gregson, probably the worst kept secret in cup racing, right? Noah Gregson's been rumored for several weeks to be going to the 10 car, which that means Eric Amarillo, the AA battery, um, has decided to step away from a uh, full-time ride in the Cup Series. It's not necessarily a retirement party. He said that he's going to race some part-time 
races in the Xfinity Series with his alma mater, Joe Gibbs Racing. Uh, do we call it an alma mater? I mean, that's where he graduated. Um, any thoughts? Uh, starting with you, Miss Lee. I, you know, Eric Emerald's had a storied career, right? Well, um, Smithfield has been with, I, yeah, with I Eric what I was just, for. Yeah, go ahead. That's what I was just going to bring up was the fact that Smithfield is getting out of racing. So that could explain um, him stepping back to a part-time schedule based on what other sponsors he can bring. Um, I like Eric. He's a nice guy. He's a good guy. And, you know, you reach a point, and he's still got young kids. So we all know what that racing schedule, how that has to weigh on families. You know, so good on him. Cut back. You got, you're obviously you've made enough money where you can do something like that. So spend more time with your family. Yeah, keep your finger in the pie. You know, do, do a little racing here and there. But go spend time with your family. That's what matters. I agree. I agree. You don't get that time back at all. Uh, and, and to further your point, Miss Lee, when you got a guy like Dale Jr. who goes and shows up once or twice a year at a racetrack and he's competitive, Eric Camarola really doesn't have much to worry about, does he? No. He's, he's remained relevant, I think, as a driver. You know, he's he's, he's definitely a talented driver. Had he finished his career with the with the team that he started with, which was Joe Gibbs Racing, I think that we would have a different mindset of who Eric Amarola is because he was a very consistent driver. Um, Did he all the time have top notch equipment? Probably not. Was he the third or fourth wheel at Stuart Haas Racing? Absolutely. Was yep. his funds – I mean, you're looking at a guy who's basically had Smithfield bacon on the side of his car his entire career. That was only so much money coming into the organization, right? Um, had he been with the Joe Gibbs, I think, you know, maybe Eric Amarola uh, would have twice as many wins as what he has now. But, I mean, he's leaving the Cup Series with a handful of victories and uh, a career with uh, one of the you know, top-tier race teams and NASCAR. So uh, kudos to our friend Eric Amarola. Um, yeah, he, he's not leaving. Endeavors. He's not leaving with his head hanging down. He's do, he's doing this on his own terms. Right. Which gets me over to the Noah Gregson. Um, Taz, do you have any comments about Eric Amarola leaving the sport? Before we jump over to that, because I, I mean, I got uh, something with Noah as well. That, I'm going to put some pieces together that make a little bit of sense over here at Stuart House Racing. I mean, I'm not surprised. I mean, we knew it was going to happen, especially when he announced his retirement. What was it, last year or the year before? And then pretty much said, uh, I'm not really going to retire. I'm going to stay for like another year or whatever. But it was bound to happen. And I feel like. Part of it could have been the Smithfield deal, but at the same time, um, 
do you really want to go down the Smithfield route and say that's why Eric Almarola is leaving? I think Almarola, we all knew it was going to be a matter of time, and we knew Almarola would leave more so on his terms than probably somebody else's. Um, no surprise that Smithfield basically backed out when Almar- after Almarola said he's had enough um, for a full-time ride anyway. But it's interesting to see that he's going to Joe Gibbs. I figured maybe he could have stayed with SHR in the Xfinity program, maybe helped develop the drivers a little bit. Um, maybe Stuart Haas doesn't have a third car to probably field because obviously Riley Herbst is staying where he is. I'm guessing Cole Custer's in the same wheelhouse too. So um, that's where I'm kind of thinking of that route, but again, it's not really surprising to see um, that happen. So here's Cole Custer, you know, got put out of a ride last year, uh, was replaced with Ryan Priest. Ryan Priest has had subpar results. Obviously, it's not the driver, it's the car. Ryan Priest has a lot of talent. Uh, now Noah Gregson gets the nod at the 10 car and not Cole Custer. Um, Cole has raced Noah Gregson through most of his career um, and probably to my resume, his career looks a little bit better than Noah Gregson. Is this, is this like nail in the coffin? for Cole Custer, and what does this mean for Noah Gregson coming to Stuart Haas Racing where you have absolutely no major sponsors at all on any of these four top-tier team rides unless Johnny Morris has signed a big check to sponsor two of these cars. I'm just putting it out there. Noah Gregson has ties to Bass Pro Shops. Josh Berry has ties to Bass Pro Shops. We've seen Monster Energy before come in and sponsor multiple cars, even multiple teams. I mean, they're on multiple manufacturers. Uh, what's the likelihood of maybe, you know, Johnny coming in and writing the check for Noah Gregson? And you can also, uh, I don't, I don't want to just jump over the Cole Custer deal, but it seems like Cole is getting left out in the cold. I don't want to jump the gun on you, Chris. I mean, yeah, there's Bass Pro Shops who – Right now, you have Truex, Austin Dillon, that's Chevy and a Toy- Toyota and a Chevy, however you want to look at it. Um, mm-hmm. You can throw in Josh Perry, so that's, you know, Chevy now going to a Ford. Um, I mean, yeah, Gregson's got ties with Bass Pro Shop, so it wouldn't be a surprise there. But another sponsor that you're missing there, Chris, and I'm surprised you forgot a, or you didn't hit on it, is Black Rifle Coffee, too. Oh, yeah. And yeah, he's, yeah, he's big I was going to bring that up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And for the longest time in junior motorsports, in his last year or two at Xfinity, he literally was sponsored by Black Rifle Coffee, just like, every week. Yeah, they've been a big supporter of Noah Gregson uh, throughout his career. And maybe it's just a money thing, right? Cole Custer's dad works for Stuart Haas Racing. Um, he's the director of competition, like kind of like uh, Austin Sendrick's father, Tom Sendrick. Um, but, you know, if it's money is the issue, then Noah's obviously he's got to be bringing something to the table 
uh, for that 10 car. Things are looking bleak, though, uh, as you look at where um, Stuart Haas Racing is right now and where they stand. Um, you know, they're going to have to make a lot of improvement. Big question mark is is 2024 their last year with Ford? Have they already signed a new manufacturing deal, maybe with another manufacturer? All of that is going to be up in the air, of course. Um, you have several drivers that are from that Chevrolet uh, camp that have, you know, found themselves in Fords now, um, Noah Gregson uh, being one. I've even heard rumors of junior motorsports merging with Stuart Racing. Keep that one on the back burner um, and in your back pocket for next year. I could see that rumor running a blaze all season long. Um, anything to add to the Noah Gregson, Eric Amarola, Smithfield departure, just the Stuart Haas racing topic in general before we move on? Noah's going to have to really prove himself. We're going to have to see. I know he's he's subbed some races in Cup. But he's he's really going to have to prove himself next year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. He will. He's he's got a lot to prove. I think that Noah matured a lot in the second half of the 2022 race season. This was his you know departure to Cup. Everybody thought that colleague racing was should have been where Noah ended up full time. He ended up over at Legacy. Legacy, him and Legacy, obviously, the mix wasn't there. I don't know if it had something to do with Toyota. All that was around the same time that he got skeet-skeeted off the race team uh, because of uh, uh, an inappropriate, what they claim is an inappropriate meme, uh, though memes are all inappropriate, and that's the nature of what a meme is. But we're not going to get into that discussion here today. Um, but, you know, it, it, you know, all of a sudden, you know, he's out of legacy. Now he's going to Stuart Haas Racing, where I feel like his personality uh, should fit in a little bit better if Tony Stewart's in any way, form, or fashion relevant in the Stuart Haas shop. I do feel like Noah and uh, Tony will, 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 will get along there. But, um, you know, it. Stuart Haas has a lot to prove. Noah's got a lot to prove. Uh, You've got Josh Berry, Ryan Priest, Noah Gregson, and um, Chase Briscoe, who's going to be the senior, you know, the senior of this team. Um, That's a lot to put under Briscoe. I believe he's talented. I believe Chase Briscoe, he showed showed the first year how talented he was. Where that talent's gone, I think, is where Ford's been at um, with the Stuart Haas team uh, in the gutter. Uh, So it's kind of hard. But now, you know, coming out of Martinsville, we've seen, you know, the Fords running up front. Maybe the new nose, maybe the new design, maybe all this is going to change. I do want to point out that I've been saying this for the last couple of seasons. And I I know you guys have pretty much agreed with me, but I feel like um, maybe, I don't know if my prediction was right in the, next couple of years and I think you guys thought I was out of whack but SHR needed a big facelift because they had so many veterans and it was only a matter of time before they left I mean look at Hendrick back when it was Gordon Johnson Mm -hmm. I mean it was all the veterans and Chase Elliott 
And then when Gordon left, entered William Byron. When Junior left, entered Alex Bowman. Johnson mm-hmm. left, entered Kyle Larson. Hendricks had to go younger in, in order to be more successful, and look where they are now. I mean, yeah, yeah they had a setback period, but that was because slowly the, the veterans were going. Stuart Haas was basically in the same boat. Now it's just a matter of can they put their young guys up to the task and deliver. I think with I think with Josh Barry, it could be a learning curve. It's going to be a learning curve for him. Um, I know he's had experience with the next-gen cars this year, subbing with Hendrick Motorsports and stuff, but he's now going to a different manufacturer, and the Chevy body is not the same as the Ford body, and I'm obviously sure what's under the hood ain't the same either. Um, and then Noah Gregson, basically been a Chevy guy, well, Toyota Chevy guy, now going possibly going to a Ford, that's going to be a learning, that could be a learning curve for him too. So I wouldn't expect SHR to be guns blazing, swinging for the fences to start out like we saw Hendrick when Johnson left and Hendrick had four young guys and those and those guys sw- swung for the fences. I don't expect that out of the gate for SHR. Yeah. Um, oh, absolutely not. No. Like, next next year's Next year is not going to be a good year for, for SHR. But that's, I just don't. That's sad. I mean, you've got two. Kill me here. No, that that said, this could be the setup for them, just like Hendricks had. Mm-hmm. Right. If I this is a performance issue from Ford. You've got two mainstay drivers in Chase Briscoe and Ryan Priest. We have all agreed that Ryan Priest could be a superstar in the sport. We've all said that Chase Briscoe has a lot of talent. So, you know, Noah's won a championship. Um, and, and why is it that I always forget the fourth driver? Uh, You've got Briscoe, uh, Priest. Uh, Barry, Barry. Josh Barry, yeah. So yeah, Barry. You know, he's he's probably the one that you just don't really know about what what we're gonna have here because of course he's, you know, this is his first stint in the Cup Series, so he's the big question mark. But with Briscoe and and Priest, you have something to build on. I, I, you know, I don't think that the cars are exactly where Hendrick was when Hendrick made uh, the transition to a newer. Younger group of racers, um, but uh, you know, look, if Ford got their shit together and they're putting out a decent car, this is Noah Gregson went from a third tier race team to a top tier race team. Stuart Haas Racing is supposed to be a top tier race team. Whether or not we get those results, I guess we'll have to see. Whether or not there's enough money coming into the organization, that's uh, yet to be seen. Of course, Gene Haas owns the F1 team, he's got plenty of money, so. Uh, but typically, when Gene Haas is the one forking the bill, you get subpar uh, results. And I kind of feel like that's maybe where Stuart Haas is now uh, with Tony Stewart really focusing most of his attention over on NHRA. Uh, let's speed through this. Um, let's jump over to the uh, next uh, thing before we go into the playoffs. Uh, did you have something that you want to finish there, Taz? Yeah, I don't, like I said, I don't expect SHR to be guns blazing, swinging for the fences um, next next season. But if they can get the, 
if they can get the stuff under the hood from Ford to go up to par, I can expect them to be competitive. Um, more so, I think I think we'll see more out of Briscoe than Priest, only because um, I believe if I remember right to start the season. There's a couple tracks that favor Chase Briscoe, um, so I wouldn't be surprised there if. Gregson really does go to SHR. Um, I think there's a couple tracks that'll favor him too. So, like I said, I don't expect them to be guns blazing, swing for the fences, um, and make a statement. And everyone's gonna be like, "Whoa, look at look at SHR. These these are the guys." No, I expect them to be competitive, but not like the top tier guys right off the bat. Yeah, and that's unfortunate because that's a top tier race team based off the structure of how uh, these teams are supposed to produce. Um, there's definitely issues at SHR. It's not something that we haven't seen before. We watched RFK, uh, Rouse Fenway Racing, demise itself uh, over a short period of time. Uh, so we know that this can happen. We've seen it before. We just hope that uh, SHR is able to get their shit together and uh, be back competitive. Um, so I think, uh, Rick, Ware racing, uh, was told that they're not going to get their charter confiscated. I don't know how you would confiscate a charter worth $40 million and just tell a man, well, suck it up. Um, especially when that race seems paid probably a substantial amount for that charter regardless, but Rick Ware has committed to winning. And when I say winning, he has committed to Russ Fenway as a satellite car. He's hired Justin Haley as a driver. They are forking out money for spotters and crew chiefs. Rick Ware Racing has made a commitment to turn things around um, it, within the organization. Does anybody here believe that? Wait, did Rick you put Rick Ware Racing and winning? Rick Ware is spread too thin. He's got his fingers in too many pies. If he was committed to NASCAR, he wouldn't be racing in Indy and Formula One and what whatever else. And it shows because they're not that winning across any of the forms of racing they're in. So on top of that, we also have the announcement that Frankie Muniz is not going to be back in ARCA next year with Rick Ware Racing. And so there's a lot of speculation as to where he's going and with who he's ending up with. But that's another topic. Yeah. Well, you know, and like I said, um, I, if you buy that, I'll throw the Golden Gate in for free. I think it was a bad move by um, uh, Justin Haley to uh, be tempted to go to the organization. It all sounds great. You know, I think a lot of us were wondering, you know, why. if you want to know how crappy Rick Ware Racing is, just go look at Ryan Newman's results. Ryan Newman can step in any car at any given time and run 10. He may not win the race. You put him in a modified, wheel and modified, and you're probably going to get a winner out of him. But you set him in a cup car, he's probably going to run 10. He's going to take care of the equipment. He's going to be around at the end. Uh, you know, 
the results have not been anything worth uh, speaking of. And Ron Newman's raced more than a handful of races in the Rick Ware Racing uh, uh, facility this year. So nothing's standing out that uh, Rick Ware is making any improvement. Of course, they made a bunch of promises, and they're going to spend a bunch of money. So, you know, that's uh, we'll see how far that goes. I'm not going to put a lot of merit into the results. I do believe Spire is uh, also spending a bunch of money. Somebody's still going to run 35th. Somebody, you know, we got rid of B.J. McLeod. Yay, everybody's clapping. Well, we finally got rid of one of the field fillers. Guess what? Somebody else is just going to become the field filler, right? Somebody's going to run right. 31st through 36th. That's just the way it is. And it's either going to be a colleague car or it's going to be a Spire car, or it's going to be a Rick Ware car, and it's probably going to be one of the other top-tier teams that is just completely off-sync and, and, you know, pitiful. Uh, we, we've seen Clint Boyer run in, in the latter 30s, you know, uh, at, at Storehouse Racing. It's one of these teams is going to have a driver that you don't expect to be there. They're going to be there. They're going to be in the shit tank. But, um, you know, it's just the way it is. Kudos to NASCAR for not repossessing a charter. I think that that would probably um, – create quite a stir right now, especially without the next media deal or the charter deal um, already, uh, you know, decided. So, you know, I, I feel like NASCAR is probably doing the right thing by holding there. Can they or will they repossess a charter down the road? That's going to be uh, an interesting topic to see because I, I just feel like even though they say that they have the right to claim a repossess, that charter i'm not sure that they could do it and not compensate something back to so in in any of these organizations where you have like the uh los angeles clippers uh where they got rid of that guy there you know he was a he was a known racist they caught him on one but the league stepped in and made donald sterling sell the team dan snyder washington uh commandos right um, he, it was a bad guy, right? And so NFL said, look, Dan, you need to sell the team. So Dan sells the team. Uh, you know, I think that that's kind of what NASCAR would have to do with Rick Ware if they were to go in and repossess, quotations in the air, uh, a charter. Um, so, you, you know, I'm not really sure that NASCAR's figured out how they would go about that. I, I believe the one that was really going to push the issue was B.J. McLeod, and, and B.J. decided to just get out and take the 40 million bucks. That's the best way to go. Look, uh, the guy probably had a million dollars tied up into his charter, and now he's got 39 more million dollars to go and enjoy some kind of life with. Um, if I was B.J., I would probably just buy a big house and, and chill. Uh, for the rest of my life. Enjoy a good Thanksgiving dinner. Um, anything else on the charter situation with Rick Ware? Do y'all want to add anything to that before we jump over here into the championship side? First of the all, only- I want to I want to figure out, Chris, why in the freaking world would you put Rick Ware racing and winning in the same sentence? <laughs> <laughs> they did win a pole in IndyCar or something one time. <laughs> Actually, well, I think we're going to race with Ross Jean or something. I mean, I'll put it this way. They were the most competitive I've ever seen Rick Ware racing ever was in the Pinty series. And, I mean, I know that doesn't really say a whole lot, but there are some competitive teams over in the Pinty series. And Rick Ware, when he was up there, he actually had two competitive 
cars, and I think he could have stayed there and actually made something out of it. But, nope, he decided otherwise, which is stupid, but, hey, that's just me. No, I mean, it's it's perfect. Um, you know, winning and Rick Ware, they just don't go hand in hand. And, and look, I mean, whether he's running 24th or 36th, um, he's probably not going to improve that much because there's a whole lot of superstar teams that they would have to get around in order to do that. Whether or not, you know, dumping a bunch of money is uh, probably going to be the fastest way to get Rick Ware out of the sport is being forced to spend money that uh, – He's going to have a hard time coming up with. Rick Ware has made a light. He is, this is no businessman that has come into racing. Rick Ware has literally made every money that he's got out of, out of racing. And how you're, you know, in the day and age where it takes money to race, how this guy's been able to make money in racing and build an empire within racing just shows that there's flaws within this economic system of race cars and racetracks and, and all from top to bottom. So um, I don't really have much else on the topic side. Uh, Miss Lee, do you want to finish with uh, with anything there before we jump over and, and give the final four for the each of the series? Well, I just – I have an issue with NASCAR, quote, unquote, confiscating a charter. Right. Unless there's some blatant violation, how can they confiscate a charter? You know, if there's, uh, you know, cheating going on or, um, I don't know, just it, it, it would, to me, for NASA, NASCAR to have to confiscate or to confiscate a charter, there'd have to be a really freaking good reason. And running 35th and 36th every week is not a good enough reason. Right. Right. Yeah, because somebody's going to run 35th and 36th. That's just the way that it is. Um, If they were showing up to the racetrack, throwing some tires on for qualifying and then parking it on lap one. I could see where NASCAR could have issues, but this team is willing to go and compete. They're willing to run all the laps. Um, just because they're running 34th, it's kind of discriminating. You know, it, it, it feels like, uh, feels like that's the kind of worms that uh, NASCAR probably doesn't want to, doesn't want to go, go, go with because look, there's no union that, that protects either side of these guys. Right. There's no there's no written union that says, hey, we're here to protect these certain rights and standards for for these. All of it's up to litigation, right? So even if a contract is signed, even if something is perpetuated as the rule book, um, those all can be uh, you know interpreted as you will. Uh, they they you know, um, enter at your own risk doesn't necessarily mean that you won't be compensated. Uh, when you go to a NASCAR race, it tells you on the ticket, look, they're not responsible for anything that happens to you, but just about everybody I've ever known to get hurt um, at, at a facility has gotten some kind of compensation in the end. So, um, you know, it's just the way that it is. As I said, the way that the rules is written, NASCAR feels that they can step in and make a move like that. But as you said, Miss Lee, unless there's some kind of diabolical plan 
to rip the series or, you know, become non-competitive at all, as in just showing up with the white race car, uh, one set of tires, they go out for qualifying then on the first lap where they don't even complete the first lap and they come out. I, I, you know, we've gone through the start and park era before. Um, I, I feel like that's what that clause is all about. You're not going to start and park. You're not going to come in and take money from the 35 other teams for you to show up with a white race car and park it in the garage on lap two. That's not going to happen. And if that's, if that's really the case, if that's really the rule that NASCAR is protecting themselves from, I don't have a problem with that. With it worded that way, as I go around the table, Taz, do you have a problem with that? I mean, I know some teams can only, I think this is more like the ARCA side, like they have like limited funding, so they have to run like two laps on a race and call it a day. Um, per, I mean, I understand, you know, you got to make sponsors happy. But at the same time, is it really worth the money to go through that and the driver's time alone too? It's a bit frust- it's a, brus- a bit frustrating on that side because why? Because is- I don't want to go out there like if I were a driver, I want to go out there and try to be you know as competitive as possible with the equipment I have and race as long as I can. I don't want to go out there spend all this time and energy and whatnot just to race two laps. I want to go out and try running a hundred. But you notice we don't have the start and parks like we used to. Mm-hmm. You well, know, they were yeah. an embarrassment to the sport. I think yeah. Prism Motorsports is Prism Motorsports and 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 BK Racing are the equivalent of what start start starting and parking look like. And of course, Prism Motorsports is a '55 car that was owned by Parsons and a couple of other people. And start and park means that they basically they qualified the race car and they started the first lap, couple of laps, and they would come in and they would claim that they had transmission issues or some kind of rib diabolical reason why they couldn't race. But NASCAR called them out on that. They fixed it. They said, you're going to compete in these races or you're not going to be able to uh, take the purse money. And that's basically, I believe, the whole creation of that clause that NASCAR has the right to repossess based off of where you are sitting at in the standings. It doesn't necessarily mean that they will act upon that. Um, if that was the case, then they would. They would. It, it, you know, it would be mandatory. But they, it's at their discretion. Well, what that at their discretion means is as long as these guys are going out and trying to compete, they're okay. But the moment that they feel like they're, they're just going to start parking cars, we're going to have an issue with that. Boy, oh, boy, it's like we're in prime, prime season. Hard to believe we've got one more show to go. Um. Want to want to finish out on that? Are we done? I think I would think so. Oh wait, Chris, has NASCAR done it to yeah. the ARCA teams, to the ARCA series? 
Because I know that it no, happens in the Arctic no. often. No, the, the charter system is only for the Cup Series. No, I mean for, like, the starting part deal. Hmm. No, there there are still plenty of starting parts in ARCA. Yeah, ARCA sucks. There's guys that are finishing five laps down in 12th place. It's unreal what's happened to the ARCA series over the last couple of years. Yeah, I missed how it was before NASCAR took it over. NASCAR took it over. I mean, shoot, we had Austin Terrio on here for a show, and and I'm willing to sit here and admit and agree with him that he's basically you could really call him the last true ARCA champion. Yep. Wow. Yep. Yeah. I, the worst thing that ever happened to ARCA was NASCAR taking it over. I. You guys know my my background with the ARCA series, and yeah, it was, it's NASCAR light now. The one thing that doesn't suck with... It was an independent theater series that was, that was relied on for plus years. And I, I'm not sure, I, I feel like ARCA... The demise started before NASCAR come in. If NASCAR had not come in, ARCA would not have survived at all. Um, after their facility burned down in Ohio, uh, I think a lot of people wondered if they would even continue on after that. Um, but, you know, we want to say NASCAR was the final nail in the coffin for the series, of course. NASCAR still needs ARCA. And that's why ARCA's not going anywhere. They they need ARCA, but I feel like they don't. I don't. I feel like they don't really need to own it. The I think what ARCA has basically turned into now because of what NASCAR taking it over is that ARCA before NASCAR was literally a pretty much a national touring series race on its independent deal, whatever, and literally brought in drivers um, of young talent that didn't really have, I guess, drivers and teams that didn't really have as much funding or as much, or, you know, just trying to start out their careers um, just somewhere so they can run nationally and compete, you know? And... Then you had the NASCAR K&N series, which, I mean, the K&N series wasn't really much of anything. It was literally, like, the East was basically, like, 12, 13, at very most, maybe 20 cars field. West was the same deal. Now NASCAR takes over, and you have you have the ARCA National, the ARCA East, ARCA West, and it's, it's, it's too much. And you're in the ARCA field that would literally get 20 cars for – 20 cars minimum for a race. Now you're, they're struggling to get 20. That's because it has gotten as expensive to run an ARCA car as it is 
to run any NASCAR series. Right before NASCAR took over ARCA, they mandated a um, one one body and one engine in yeah. order to cut no down man. on price. And, mm-hmm. you know, now since NASCAR took over, it's it those rules went out out the door, and you know they were they were working towards making it a more even playing field for everybody. And now you've got the Venturini's dominate because they've got big money, you know. So it's. It, it's it's like I said it, it's turned into NASCAR light, and mm-hmm. so it's harder for the young talent to get in there than it used to be. It's more expensive for the teams, and it, it's just you know you might be right, Chris. Maybe. Maybe NASCAR taking over was the last nail in the coffin, but they were working towards making it a, a more equi- equitable field. Right. Well, I definitely agree with what you said with Venturini. They, they've kind of come in and they've dominated, and they obviously had more money and more funding than any, any of the other race teams. Um, now if you don't get a buy with Venturini then what's the point in racing ARCA the downfall with ARCA you know before NASCAR is that they were running the old gen 4 cars that everybody loved you know racing when they were around at the cup series and now they're running now with NASCAR buying them they're literally running what is it the old gen Six? Am I right, or is it five? Yeah, yeah, I believe it's Gen Six. And they don't, and I feel like those cars don't, for what Arca is doing or what was, those cars don't run well on the Arca deal. On the track that they race, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, let's get in over to the championships. I've got about nine more minutes. Um, in the truck series side, uh, do we have uh, – we've got our final four, right? Let's just go through the final four. I tell you what, we're going to pick – it has nothing to do with our picks for this weekend. You guys are not racing uh, for a championship in the Cup series side. I, me and – Mr. CJ Sports, along with two of our other contestants, Andy Hurd and Brianna Hover. Hover, is that right? Yipper. Are the one are the ones that we're racing for the championship this weekend. But what we'll do here is uh, whichever the fourth one is, that'll be who Jason has. <laughs> uh, we'll we'll pick the uh, truck series and the Xfinity series. What driver? 
if the driver's already picked or whatever, you just have to go to the next one. This is really irrelevant. But uh, what are our four contestants on the Truck Series side there, Taz Taylor? Um, I think, well, well, we can basically say who the four are and make our picks for Xfinity and Trucks, and then cut, we can kind of break it down a bit of who could be favorited yep. and who could not be. Um, but on the Truck Series, you have Corey Heim, Carson Hosevar, Ben Rhodes and Grant Enfinger. Um, personally, for me, I would like to see Carson Hosevar, um, being that he'll be heading to the Cup Series next year. You know, big I'd like to see him in the Truck Series on a on a big hurrah. How does this guy go from one year ago being the laughing stock of racing, bringing out Phantom cautions and just, you know, driving everything from a stock car to a late model on the Dirt Series. And now, all of a sudden, he's the next best thing from sliced bread going from the Truck Series to the Cup Series. I, you know, I'm, I've got my finger on Grand Infinger, right? <laughs> Grand uh-huh. Infinger is a, is a longtime supporter of the Truck Series. He's, the, he's you know, the new Matt Crafton. Um, I, I remember 10 years ago sending uh, Grant Infinger uh, like 20 bucks uh, to, to help sponsor his, his, you know, basically his truck series debut. He was running, uh, I think, the late model series or something down at Mobile Raceway um, and had requested uh, some people to help him put together some funding uh, so he could get a truck series ride. Now here he is racing for a truck series championship. Um, I guess a lot of great talent like you've got a good mixture of the seasoned veterans uh versus the young guys um uh, of course cory hein you know carson hosevar and then you've got grandin finger and who's the other um hein hosevar yeah uh, rhodes is a you know a winner don't rule out ben rhodes yeah for sure i mean that kid he's hilarious too man what a what a um ambitious young man he is um very funny love to see him have a couple of beers and <laughs> do another funny ass press conference like he did a couple of years ago when he won the truck series championship yeah um you know whether or not ben rhodes and uh grand infinger ever get the chance to move up from there i you know, just don't really see that happening uh but Corey heim and of course carson hosfar their careers are yet to be on you know um written so you know it'll be interesting to see um so, Taz, who are you picking? For the trucks, um, trucks, I'm going host of art, just because. Okay. Miss Lee? Last, last, truck, last full-time truck series ride for, as we know of, and give him a last big hurrah before he goes to cup racing. Corey I'm, Heim I'm, I'm or gonna, Ben Rhodes, Miss Miss Lee. I'm going to jinx them. I'm going Ben Rhodes. Oh yeah, I mean, look. <laughs> if, like I said, if I had had this connection with Grant Infinger, um, you know, Grant, I get really close to these truck series guys. I don't know why. Johnny Sauter, I was always a big fan of him. Uh, Grant Infinger, of course, he's from Mobile, Alabama. Uh, come along about the same time Bubba Wallace did. And, you know, we've seen Grant Infinger race at Mobile Raceway. We've never seen Bubba Wallace race. He says he's from Mobile, 
But, uh, you know, other than maybe a snowball derby a long time ago, nobody really even heard of Daryl Wallace Jr. before he started making headlines um, in the diversity program. As for Grant Enfinger, you know, his dad was a part of uh, Mobile Raceway, then he's become a racer. So, I, you know, I'm just, you know, I'm always uh, looking out for that guy right there, and Grant has been that guy for me. You know, he chose last year to race part-time uh, for the 23 race team, and it's worked out for him. I believe that he's once again facing a situation where that team is not going to be around next year. Um, so I'm, I'm in all hopes that uh, Enfinger – uh, gives them all the middle finger, and at least walks out a champion. So that'll leave uh, Jason, uh, Mr. CJ Sports, Corey Heim for his pick. As we jump over well, to the Xfinity series, I well, I, I just have to I just have to interject. Ben Rhodes is the first driver that I ever actually interviewed, and it was really? after a yes. And it was after a kerfuffle that he and Mr. CJ Sports got into on Twitter. Mm. So it was it it was an interesting situation. That's cool. We'll have right. to tell you guys right. about that one day. Yeah, I think I remember something about that. It's been a few years, but uh, definitely we'll talk about that in the. Uh, in the private room there. But um, so, you know, that, that leaves Corey Heim. Corey Heim probably, by bookies, may be the absolute favorite. I'm going with the guy that uh, that I want to see win, not who I really feel like is probably has the best chance to win. Corey Heim probably has the advantage here. Uh, but we'll see. Heim tore it up last year in ARCA series. Talking about a guy, you know, the last true ARCA chance. Um, but, uh, you, you know, the guy that gets into that 18 or 20 car in the Venturini Motorsports always seems to be, you know, a pretty talented race car driver, Corey Hines, uh, you know, battling for a championship in the ARCA series. Now he's battling for a championship in the truck series. Uh, the kid obviously has a lot of talent. Um, let's bounce over to the Xfinity series. Who do we have racing for a championship? I know Al Gear punched his ticket. Yep, we have Justin Alvarez, Sam Mayer, uh, John Hunter Nemechek, and Cole Custer. The Custer. Um, I feel like there's, I feel like Allgaier and Nemechek are two easy favorites um, on this one, only because Allgaier, because all yes, Allgaier's been there and he's a seasoned veteran, so I can see him being the easy favorite. John Hunter Nemechek, I mean, look at the season he's had. No surprise. It's it's no surprise. Um, I would say um, Cole Custer could argue as a favorite, being that he's been to the championship four before in the Xfinity Series. Um, I think he finished second or third in the one time or two he's been there in the past. Um, Wouldn't be surprised if he sneaks one in. I see Sam Mayer as, like, the dark horse underdog of the four. Um, honestly, I didn't expect him to be in the final four. And look where he is. He, he came in right place, right time, you know, when it came down to it. And um, that's how I look at the fi- these final four. Yeah. 
Sam Mayer, I would have said a year ago, had no chance in hell to make any kind of uh, progress toward being a talented race car driver. It's amazing what a year can do and how, you know, obviously junior motorsports, kudos to what they do and how they're able to get these drivers prepared. Um, Algar should be a favorite, but typically they're bridesmaids for reasons, right? They're, they're, they're lifelong bridesmaids. Um, you know, kind of, I remember this being uh, Sadler where he didn't want to get, you know, he raced for several more years trying to chase some Xfinity championship because he couldn't ever really get it done in cup series. Not, no, no slight against Algar, but it is what it is. Right. Um, the guys played the best bridesmaids, right. Um, Cole Custer, former champion, like this guy's got it done before. Cole has gotten it done before. I believe he's a former team champion, right? He's won the he's won the championship there, right? I don't think he has. I think he's been close. No. Okay. Uh, uh, let me let me double check that because I don't well, think yeah, he has. Check that. You got. I think I think Custer did win no. the next no. 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 His best Xfinity series. Champion or points championship, it was second, and he did it two years in a row in 2018 and 2019. Wow. Okay, so he ran second to Tyler Reddick both years. Um, I want to say 2018 Tyler Reddick, 2019 also Tyler Reddick. Yeah, he's been a runner-up to Tyler Reddick those two years. Wow. So, you know, hey, he doesn't have Tyler Reddick to get through. That should be your favorite right there. Uh, you know, um, but this is, but, who's the but dark Chris, horse? This is, a different, this is a different track, though. This is Phoenix. This ain't Homestead, where he finished second to uh, Reddick both of those times. Yeah, that's, that, this is true. This is true. So, you know, um, we got Custer, Algier. Okay, Nemechek. Is Nemechek the dark horse? Not at all. No. Is Sam no. Mayer the dark horse? Most definitely. Yes. Does Cole Custer have a chance in hell of winning this thing? You're damn right. Um, who I would pick to win? Oh, yeah. The obvious pick is John Hunter Nemechek. Like, that's the obvious pick, right? It's, it's kind of like the truck series. The obvious pick is Corey Um But I don't necessarily want to pick the obvious here. I, I want to pick who I feel like is going to win it. You know, I'm always a fan of the guy who gets knocked around and gets put down. You know, Cole Custer has gotten sent to the minor leagues twice, and all he does is go and try to win championships. This is it. This is Cole Custer. I got Cole Custer for this weekend. I'm going to stick with my four groups. I'm going to pull for the cold man. All right. You got custard sauce. Um, I did get custard. This... I'm probably going to get custard <laughs> before it's all over with. <laughs> all right. Miss Lee, you make your pick since I was first pick last time. I would really love to see all Geyer get it. But I'm going with Sam Mayer. What? <laughs> wow. Yeah, I I I think 
I think the kid could pull it out. I mean, he does no have pressure. four wins on the season. It wouldn't be a, wouldn't be a, uh, wouldn't be surprised. First time racing for a championship. It's the pressure. It's the pressure of once you've lost, right? When you go into something brand new, you, you're you're open for the experience, right? And it's the, it's the whole the Super Bowl, the, the team that loses the Super Bowl has a losing season the next year. There's a reason for that. Uh, Philadelphia is not doing that this year, and it's, it's been proven that, that that doesn't really always happen. But the reason why it did happen, the reason why statistics showed it happened a lot, is because you get it in your head that you can't do it. Denny Hamlin's last two years has been the most favorite driver to win the championship all year long. He gets put out in Martinsville two years in a row. He's been racing for a championship how many years? It's in his head, y'all. It's in his head. He can't win it. He cannot win it. I think that's what you're all battling right. in. Sam Mayer doesn't have he doesn't have to battle those demons, right? He doesn't have to battle no, them. No, but, but all guys lost two championships. Al Gear lost right. seven championships. <laughs> but but all Geyer does have to fight that demon, and that's why I would like to see him win. But right. Well, but no pressure for Sam Mayer. Right? No pressure for that guy. Exactly. Just go out and perform. John Hunter, all yep. the pressure in the world, John Hunter. You're going to Cup Series racing again next year for the second time. You're 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 going well, back up to the Cup Series. There is well, a lot of pressure on you, John Hunter Nemechek, to perform here, considering you're in the car that won the championship last year. Well, say he was in the championship four before not only with Xfinity but Truck Series too. So I mean, um, I feel like, and I know y'all, and I know I'm last pick, so I'm getting basically what's left here. But between Al Guyer and the best one. Uh, I'm going with the obvious. I didn't. Hey, hey, I didn't go with the obvious in the last series, so I'll go with the obvious for this one. Nimichet. That's right. You know, I somehow felt like we were going to give all the Toyotas to to Jason. But, um, you know, it's good to see that. You know, look, kudos to John Hunter. He has worked hard. He did what everybody said he couldn't do, and that was give up a cup ride to go back to the Xfinity Series and prove that he deserved to be where he is. I think John Hunter's had this question mark around him his whole career. He has taken and outperformed. In, in his own dad's equipment. Remember in the truck series? Remember what he was able to do in his own in his own equipment? He was running with the big dogs. And he competed yeah, and, against uh, the big dogs. Then, then he got cup series, and then he went down to trucks. And honestly, if John Hunter should thank one person for relaunching the success of his career after cup, um, well, after his first cup series uh, stint, I would, if I were him, I'd be thanking Kyle Busch because if it weren't for Kyle Busch, my career would probably be going down the toolies. Yeah, 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 for real, for real. And it gave him a place to land, a soft place to land. Um, 
you know, and now he's headed back to Cup Series. It's, you know, not moving to a third-tier team, kind of similar to the situation he was in at Front Row Motorsports. But, you know, during that time, Front Row was able to, you know, they put in Anthony Alfredo. They, you know, it was basically uh, if you had enough money to rent the car, you got a ride. And that was where John Hunter was. He had just enough money to get into that car. I think he's in a little bit better situation, uh, being that he is, you know, TRD's driver, development driver right now. He is the next guy on the on the chart. So, um, you know, uh, we'll see how he's able and if he's able to succeed in winning the championship uh, this Saturday at Phoenix. Let's get on over to the cup side because, of course, the name of the show was Saving – what was it? Saving playoff Ryan. Ryan. (laughs) Let me tell you, that was creative. (laughs) When I saw that title, I was like, wow. (laughs) Because it's very descriptive. It it, it explains it in itself that Ryan Blaney's playoff birth, his whole ride to a championship, was based off of a rescinded – uh, penalty, right? Um, well, I guess he did win his way in, right? So I guess, I guess he, he won, won his way, way in regardless. That penalty, he would have won his way in. So, but you know, at the same time, maybe that momentum stopped. Maybe that was the the momentum he needed. We've seen a lot of times before where people, you know, something almost happened, but it didn't happen, and then they were able to ride that curtail. And uh, the momentum into where they are, uh, you know, I don't know. But even, but how much, how much encouragement did he receive from? Could he have received from Logano and Penske, being that they've been in this position before multiple times? You know what I mean? Yeah. I, Blaney, he. I think at the beginning. I mean, Blaney, on the other hand, like you know, he hasn't. I mean, he's been to the round of eight, but he's never gone anything further. So and. I mean, shoot, what a turnaround season Blaney's have. I mean, look at last year. In years past, I mean, he hasn't really – in years past, when he's won, nine times out of ten, it's usually one win and he's done. You don't talk about him anymore. Yeah. Um, last year, he was winless. And literally, just about halfway through the regular season, he was winless, running up front, like he was last year, never winning, up until the Coke 600 when the monkey was off his back. And you knew from that point forward, um, when that monkey was off his back, he was a different Ryan Blaney. And you knew the game was on as soon as the playoffs started. Yeah, let the let the real Chase Elliott please stand up, right? Uh, I feel like uh, Ryan Blaney and Chase Elliott were brought up together. They were really good friends. Both of them kind of looked like each other. Uh, they were both styling the beard and the mustache, and the, you know. And then Blaney went off on this long hair kick, and you know, um, of Penske, you're not normally able to grow facial hair at Penske, neither nor over at Hendrick. Um, these two guys, they looked a lot similar. Well, now let the real Ryan Blaney stand up because uh, Chase Elliott, not so great this year. Ryan Blaney is going to race for a championship. I booed the guy in October, probably the worst move I can make. Uh, I booed Kevin Harvick back in 2010. 
And, uh, of course, he won the race and went on to – every time I boost them at Talladega, they wind up winning and running for a championship. So um, I'm, I'm going to be careful the next time I'm there in the stands to, to be careful who I boo. Um, or I'm just going to put a whole lot of money on who I do boo. Um, so, uh, you know, you got Blaney. You've got uh, – Bell. Um, Bell, Christopher Bell. Bell, uh, Larson, Byron. Yeah, Byron now, and Larson. You know, it. Now, I don't know. Three, I told y'all at the beginning, and this is what I had here. Let me say this real quick. I, you know, when we were doing our our uh, power rankings, you know, it was a big question mark, Penske, Penske, Penske. And I was like, guys, you just can't count Penske out. They've got the resources. They've got the money that it takes. Here we are, final race of the season. It's not Logano, it's Blaney, but it's kind of the same thing, right? I mean, Penske knew when to step it up. They knew when to put all the cards in the table. They got their driver uh, to the championship. And, look, you beat out Tyler Reddick. You beat out Denny Hamlin. You beat out uh, several good drivers that uh, may have been the favorites to come into this. Now it's Blaney versus the field. Kyle Busch. Truex, right. I mean, now it's Blaney versus the field. So, uh, could he be a favorite coming into Phoenix based off of the race that he had last year? Um, you know, and we talked about how Ford's been sucky all year long. They were sucky all year long last year. And the defending champion is Joe Lagano. So, um, what, what, uh, what so, are you guys' thoughts, Miss Lee? Or, yeah, go ahead, Taz. No, I want to get Miss Lee's uh, input before I break it, break down these four championship drivers my first thought is who does NASCAR want to win ooh devil's advocate dun 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 uh huh of course because he's in the 24 um my second thought is I would like to see Larson win, but my my feeling is we're going to see either Seabell or Willie B pull it out. Christopher Bell and Ryan Blaney do not deserve to be champions based off of their careers. They're 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 the perfect example of Matt Kenseth. You know, look they 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 got lucky. They had a fast car. They wound up in the right spot. Christopher Bell was a a, a mid top ten to twentieth driver through most of the season. He got hot in the right spot, right? Kyle Larson, William Byron, they've been fast all year long. I have talked about William Byron all year long. The guy deserves to race for a championship. He's probably the favorite to win the championship. Blaney, Bell, they were right at – they got hot at the right time. That is not who NASCAR wants to have to carry their championship banner. You don't want a guy who's five career total wins uh, being the guy who's raising the mat, the the flag of a championship. And that's where Christopher Bell and where Ryan Blaney both stand. William Byron had a breakout year this year. It's the perfect time for him to win a championship. Can he outbeat – is it too – are the resources thin, too thin, being that Hendrick has two cars? Could that be 
the Kryptonite in the Hendrick Motorsports team is they have two mm-hmm. cars now that they have to look out for. Uh, we've seen right. how that worked out for RCR. <laughs> um, you know, what do you well, do? Do you run different strategies? Do you run the same strategy? Do you stay next to each other to the last few laps of the race? I mean, how does Hendrick play this out to get one of their drivers a championship? Um, They've done you know, this before yeah. with race 2021. Right. And to throw another wrench in there, who is going to win the race? Team Order is getting involved, too. You know, is 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 someone going to play spoiler <laughs> and win the race who's not a championship contender? There is that possibility. That's the big possibility. That is a big possibility here this year. Going off of previous results, Ryan Blaine is probably the favorite. So I want to go – so this is where – this is where I kind of want to break this down, and that's why I didn't really say – and I let you guys, you know, kind of give your thoughts. So let me break this down. And I mentioned this in chat earlier before. Um, Three of the four drivers have an easy argument as to why they could be the favorite at Phoenix to win the championship. Kyle Larson, we all know Kyle Larson. He does Kyle Larson things in a race car. When you pair him with Cliff Daniels, those two are, to me, the current version of Jimmy Johnson and Chad Knauss, if they were not in a playoff format, deal. That's my opinion. Um, William Byron, easy argument. The only downfall I see is that his win at Phoenix earlier this year was also his only top five at Phoenix. Ever. Um, Ryan Blaney. And did not run he, worth the crap at Martinsville. Exactly. Right. Um, Ryan Blaney can argue as a favorite, not only because of his win in Martinsville to carry momentum at the right time, but his last two Martin or his last two Phoenix races are second place runs. And Earlier in the spring, he finished second to William Byron. Last year, at this exact time, he finished second to to eventual Cup Series champion Joey Logano. In which, but remember, which he was the fastest car all weekend. That yeah, weekend. and he was barked, and he had, and he had a. We all believe he was given team orders not to pass Logano. Hmm. Um, yep. so really the dark horse, I believe of this, fo- of these four is Christopher Bell because he has yet to even score a top five finish at Phoenix. Wow. Talk about a guy that doesn't belong there. Now, Ryan Blaney has not, has not won at Phoenix, but like I said, he has a very valid case as why he could be the favorite because of his last two races, finishing second both times, 
um, in which one of those races he could have easily won. Kyle Busch has won two championships, correct? Yes. He, he did He did get his second chance. So, so Joe Gibbs has been able to, but I believe that was at Phoenix. I mean, at Homestead. No. Where Kyle oh, Busch yeah, got Homestead. It was at Phoenix? It was. No, yeah, Homestead. it was Homestead. Wow. So both both of his championships come out of Homestead. Um, you know, Joe Gibbs doesn't seem to ever have what it takes to win at Phoenix. I don't know why. You know, he, he had three cars. Um they were racing for a championship one year, if I'm not mistaken. Denny Hamlin, Martin Truex, and Kyle Busch. I believe that was the year Kyle Busch won. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it seems that the racetrack seems to favor Ford, seems to favor Penske, um, based off of previous results. Byron is probably the biggest question mark right now, uh, Taz and Miss Lee. Based off of, they knew going into Martinsville, like, they needed, they didn't have room to play. They needed to race their way in. And this was a track that typically dominated by Hendrick. We didn't see that this time. And Byron was the worst of all the Hendrick drivers. So, not only did they miss it, they missed it by a mile. Like, you know, Byron was very, very lucky. One thing I do want to mention is away from from being eliminated. And you're kind of going in the direction I was thinking of, Chris. Um, I know we're talking about drivers and how the driver does, how this driver does well at, um, or does not do well at Phoenix. But we have to look at this as the drivers are not the only ones under pressure. You have to also think these these four pit crews are also under pressure. Um, Christopher Bell's team has been there last year. They're going to be in it for a second time. Kyle Larson's been there, been here, done that before once. Here he is going for a second. Um, William Byron, Ryan Blaney, this is their first. Any other pressure on William Byron too? To, if I, if my memory serves, memory and stats serve me right. The number 24 has not won a championship in the Cub Series in 21 years. Wow. Dang. It's been 21 years since the Gordon the last championship. Time, yeah, Jeff, wow. Jeff Gordon in 2001 was the last time. This could be year number 22. Wow. Hmm. That is something there. Way to way to bring a stat of the day. Stat of the day. Stat of the day. Box box. Stat of the day. But I mean, like I said, um, these pit crews—they're also under pressure too. But we can also but think of think of this though. Think of the last. I'm gonna go two Phoenix races. Most of the time, it came down to the final pit stop. The final pit stop paid off for the Penske cars and got Penske 1-2. The year prior, came down to the final pit stop. Kyle Larson had no business being, being basically the championship leader 
at Phoenix two years ago because it was literally Hamlin and Truex or whoever. Um, I believe it was those two two years ago um, that basically were one and two for the championship. And then that final pit stop, Kyle Larson and Cliff Daniels pulled it together and got it done. Las Vegas came down to came down to that one pit stop. Kyle Larson, Cliff Daniels did it. It comes down to these pit crews. It's, I mean, yeah, we say right. we talk about the drivers, but you have to look at it from a further standpoint. Can these pit crews deliver? Can these crew chiefs right. put together a full race? Yeah. Without it's a lot. It's a lot on the teams. It is. This is pressure for everybody. That's why they call it a championship. Guys, it has been an, a, a solid season. Um, our CL, Race Jet Live, has gone through many changes over the years, of course, beginning with Big Sweat uh, to where it is today. Um, we've had different uh, co-hosts. Of course, it's something me and Craig started up a few years ago. Craig has now left us. Um you know, he kind of left us about mid-season there, said that uh, he was going to take a few weeks off, and I think he just found other things to do. That's, that's great. We'll miss Craig for um, uh, for a long time, but uh, it was great to have him a part of this for the few years that he was here. But uh, this year, I feel like, has been the most successful year of RCL. We've really, throughout this year, grown as a legitimate amazing podcast to listen to. Miss um, Lee, you've been able to bring, you know, just a different side. You've been, uh, you've been, you know, you've nested us, so to speak. You've, uh, you kept me and Taz on beat. Uh, we've, we've just been solid all year long. It's, you know, we were supposed to come in here for 30 minutes to an hour tonight. And, and here we are, you know, we've done a whole show because we love what we do. We we love to talk about racing. We love to hear each other's ideas. And that's what makes this podcast more special than I think anybody else's. Uh, I'm sure 99% of the podcasts out there do it for reasons different than why we do it. We do this uh, to um, enjoy each other's company, to give each other something to talk about, uh, to share our passion for racing. My first website that I ever launched was called Love for Racing. And that's where we get to share every week here on Tuesday night with Race Chat Live, our love for racing. And uh, it's just been an amazing year. I hope and look forward to everybody coming back in 2024. Uh, as far as I know, all y'all are coming back. Lord willing, the creek don't rise. Y'all haven't told me you're not coming back. Um, and so just, you know, I look, I'm looking forward to watching this thing grow. I know it's overwhelming at times. I know we all have lives and we all have our, you know, Miss Lee, I mean, you've been able to hang on with us through the most tragic time, I believe, you know, in, in your recent life. Um, you may have gone through some things in your earlier life that wasn't with us. What you've gone through in the last year with us has been, you know, I know it's been grueling on you. I know it's been testing um, and we just, we love you. So thank you for hanging in there with us and being with us each week. Taz, I know you as a young parent and <laughs> having young babies. Um, I'm glad I'm out of that stage, man. I'm glad I'm, I'm where I am today. I'm glad my children are already grown. 
Um, because, uh, I mean, I miss them being young. Don't get me wrong, but you know, life is a lot easier when they get older. Um, you'll miss their, you'll miss the little, uh, footies you hear running across the hallway, uh, when they're little, but, uh, I promise you the enlightenment that your children bring as they get older and their personalities form and they become little people. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's worth watching them grow. Um, so the time and dedication that you've been able to put in this year, uh, I greatly appreciate you. I thank you for your dedication and your time. Um, maybe one day we'll get paid to do this shit. Who knows? Uh, I, I guess uh, crazier things have happened. I believe that we should get paid for this. I believe we're good enough. I believe we can set our podcast against anybody. We may not have. Uh, the expertise of a door bumper clear or the driver perspective of a Denny Hamlin, but we bring something to the table in its, in its ideas and we're respectful when we share them and we're, we love each other enough to say, Hey, I may not agree with you, but this is my perspective to it. And we respect each other for that. And, uh, you know, I, I listen and watch t- uh, sports TV shows all day long. Most of the time, they spend the entire episodes yelling at each other, and you can't understand a damn word of what they're saying. We have disagreements, but we don't argue. We don't, you know, we we may get all, especially me, I may get all sideways up in my chair, you know, ready to to go to battle. But in the end, I'm not disrespectful, and I'm not trying to be overpowering to someone else's opinion, um, which is something you see a lot these days, and it's really just a turnoff. I, I like to have a different perspective than you, Taz. I like to see things from a different light or bring something to the table, Miss Lee, that you may not have put into view. You know, I believe that's what makes this show work is we all have our ideas, but we bring it to the table in a manner that uh, continues to grow respect for each other. Now, you know, me me and Craig, we disagreed on a lot of things in the, in the backdrop, but for the most part, what would be crazy is we'd argue all week long in the in the in the chat room, but then when we got <laughs> we go on air, we agree with each other over everything. So you know we always kept it at that kind of level, and and that that just shows that we all have a passion for racing, we all have a love for racing, and it's just amazing to be able to share that weekly with you guys. Um, anything that you want to add to that, Miss Lee or, or Taz, y'all are free to to do that. I love you guys, and I'm so glad that we have what we have because you've been a big support for me in this past year. We love you, man. We fucking love you. Sorry for the F word. I didn't mean to drop that, (laughs) but that's the truth. I swear to God, I said that without even thinking. Uh, because that's the passionate person that I am, and when I when I tell you, when I tell you I love you, I don't even know what you look like, but I love you. I love you, and I love that voice, and I love what you've been able to bring. I know, I've, I've I've so many times I've been frustrated over the last few years because you know I feel like maybe I let you guys down this year in my dedication. Right? I've always questioned whether or not people were dedicated to doing this. Not necessarily Taz. I think we all kind of know where I'm going with this. It's, this year, those worries have been out the window. Like, I've been the one that has to say, hey, man, am I putting forth? Because these guys are showing up. I'm the one that's got some issues this week. I've got this going on. You know, my time has felt 
strain this year. So um, just to have y'all dedicated and, and coming on board and, and keeping this thing rolling, uh, I love y'all. And I mean that, Miss Lee. I, I love y'all. Well, uh, and my dad, hey, you know, my dad, he's, uh, you know, my dad, he, 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 he could use a girlfriend one day if you ever want his number, maybe five years down the road or whatever. It so. <laughs> <laughs> maybe too soon, but I've been wanting to tell you that for a long time. So, um, yeah, um, my dad went through something similar a year and a half ago, two years ago. Um, so, you know, I could maybe help him. You know, I, I felt like in his first few months there, my my job was just to keep my dad's mind moving in a positive direction. And I felt like maybe when I discussed with you, Miss Lee, of coming on board, that was kind of my idea with you. Like, let's let's keep you moving in a positive direction in a time where you probably could just tell me to go fuck off. You know, um, I've got my own personal life I'm dealing with right now, Chris. I don't need you trying to tempt me into becoming a radio star or radio co-host or whatever, you know. Um, There's so many different ways you could have handled that, Ms. Lee, and I was so scared um, to actually present that to you because it had been weighing on my mind for a long time before it ever even even happened. Um, You know, you were going through what you were going through. I still had that thought that, hey, man, I got to get you on here because your voice is golden. It's it's, It's what NASCAR needs. It's the diversity to it. It's the you're an intelligent woman and know about racing. So many times we feel females, you know, people ratted Danica Patrick, which she didn't know what the hell she was doing. But there's a reason why, because she was brought into a sport. She wasn't born into the sport. It's like you were born into the sport. You didn't really know racing until you got into NASCAR racing. And so you may have been born at a later age than some of us, where me and Taz have probably been lifelong fans. You were a little bit late bloomer. But you were still born into the sport, so you understand it. And you don't, you know, you, you didn't come in from uh, being an IndyCar fan and now you're a NASCAR fan and you don't want to compare the two bridges. You know, you're not that way. You you come in, you adapted to the sport, you love the sport, and you love sharing about the sport. And that's uh, something that I feel like has uh, been uh, probably the, you know, the biggest asset that the RCL has had since before we brought in Taz Taylor, who Taz got here all because he was going to do a fill-in for Craig when Craig got open-heart surgery. So it's amazing how (laughs) my whole crew that I've got here today, y'all are here because of certain situations. And um, that just shows that God, um, whether you want to bring religion into it or not, he has a certain way of moving pawns and making sure that things, work out the way that they do. Uh, Taz Taylor, you were a substitute um, who just come in and was like, wow, this kid likes to talk. Let's give him, you know, let's give him another object. Let's bring him on as a co-host, you know. Now he's not a substitute anymore. Let's make him a co-host. And uh, that's you first. Uh, your first year uh, being on the radio versus where you are today, uh, you could do your own freaking podcast, I think, for two hours, and you wouldn't even need us to say anything, Taz. I really feel like you've gotten that. And uh, you, you probably could do better somewhere else. But, I, you know, I, you continue to show up here and uh, work with me and work with Miss Lee. And with that, Taz, I want you to know, man, I love you, man. I don't know what you look like. I kind of know what you look like. But, 
I definitely don't know where your house is. I don't know what kind of car you drive. I don't know how much you get paid an hour. But I know that your dedication and love for racing is unmatched with anybody that I've known. Um, at a young age, you, you, you're a lot younger than the rest of us. We're old heads that, you know, remember from back in the day. And you've been uh, an asset to this because you're the new age. Your, your opinion is just as important because it's coming from a fresher frame of mind. And I think that that's an asset that uh, has been undeniably uh, an amazing asset for not only RCL, but the 110 Nation um, as we've grown this empire. Of course, Miss Lee, one of the founding people of the, of, of the 110 Nation. I was a couple of years behind, but um, you know, just uh, that's where I stand, guys. I love y'all. Thank you for making 2023 the best. And let's make 2024 even better. Right on, Miss Lee. Right on. All right. Dad Taylor, let's close it out. Send them to the house. And remember, guys, next week we'll come on. Um, we may, you know, I don't know. We'll talk about this week whether we come on 15 minutes, maybe 20 minutes, maybe 15 laps to go or something like that. And do um, uh, kind of a, a Manning cast type deal. Does that sound fun? Maybe cover the last 15, 20 laps as a group. Sounds good to me. Uh, if I can make it work, yeah, we'll we make it work. All right. Well, we'll, we'll touch bases throughout the week. If anything, we'll come on uh, at the end of the race and we'll discuss what we watched and what we've seen and um, kind of leave it. We've given our loves and goodbyes uh, for this season, this week to next week. When we get to that point, we'll just go ahead and close out the show. Um, I do once again want to express my gratitude for helping make RCL a success in 2023. I've referred to this as RCL more times in the last five minutes than I have the entire time of Race Chat Live. Um, I'm not trying to shorten the name or anything, but uh, it's the RCL gang is what I always kind of put into our memoirs and our, our notes. But uh, all right. So close us out, Tab. Let's go to the house. All right. We want to thank everyone for listening along to Race Chat Live here on Halloween night. Hope everyone enjoyed their Halloween festivities today, uh, today, tonight, whatever, whenever you decide to do that. Um, we want to thank you all for listening to us all season long. Um, our final show will be sun will be Sunday. Um, get a reaction to Phoenix. We'll crown a, not only a Cup Series champion, but the first ever 110 Nation Race Chat Live NASCAR Pool champion. Um, as Chris has mentioned before, him and Mr. CJ um, are in the final four, along with our other two contestants of Anthony and Brianna. Um Speaking of our pool, um, basically, um, obviously we'll, obviously with our groups, you know, no more than two picks of one driver. But um, of course, our championship four, um, they just have to pick different drivers. They can pick, they can pick any person they want. They're not selected to just the four championship drivers. Um, from what I've heard through the bird of um, just about every contestant, it seems like 
one minute they're all on one driver, and the next minute they're all over the place trying to, uh, they're over the place picking somebody else. Um, so I don't, I don't think um, everybody is set in stone on one driver. So we'll see when the emails roll through, and there will be somebody on standby starting at 8 a.m. Uh, to reply to the championship four that are uh, eligible to win. And um, it's been a fun season and one that we could see be a a history maker, especially when we have three drivers going for their first ever championship, the ones going for a second. Um, But anyways, we want to thank you everyone for listening along, tuning in to Race Chat Live whether it's through live radio, podcast, Facebook. Um, make sure you check out the 110 Nation Sports website. Um, you'll find every list of our podcasts, um, like iHeartRadio, Spotify, Pod, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and much more. Uh, you can also check out, speaking of YouTube, um, not only on our website, but our YouTube channel, you can also catch clips of our shows. Um, if you don't know any of our, one of our shows, of our four shows we have, and you want to catch a glimpse of it, see what it's like, uh, go to our YouTube channel. <laughs> Subscribe. You'll find clips of Rice Chat Live, our Wednesday night sports show with CJ and Mario, or the Monday night exclusives or the Thursday night uh, safety to success shows um, hosted by Jared Hudson. Um, Plenty of content on the YouTube page. Uh, We're going to try to stay a little active um, during the off season as well. Um, It's just been one heck of a season. I appreciate and we all here appreciate every single one of you that tunes in, listen to us uh, each and every week. So with that being said, we'll see you Sunday night uh, for a championship finale. And this has been the Caution Flag of Racing Radio. Chris Creighton, the Mama Bear, the 110 Nation, Miss Lee Reed, on the Tasmanian Double Flaggers, Taz Taylor saying goodnight. We'll see you all on Sunday. Night, everybody. Night, everybody. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. 
and all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.